Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Los Acero Football Podcast, the special Copa Mekis edition. Uh, for those of you that were watching, it looks like Querétaro is the new Copa Mekis champion, and wouldn't it be just like Liga Mekis to decide that uh, that they're no longer going to participate in, 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 in Copa Libertadores when a little team wins the cup. So a uh, bittersweet victory for Copa for Querétaro. But they do get a trophy, the first trophy in their history. Uh, very proud for uh, Victor Manuel Bucetich, who uh, once again wins a, a final. His record in finals is uh, is, is frankly staggering. It's uh, very impressive. I think he's only lost one and won like 14 or 15. It's truly a... Uh, an amazing record that the man has in finals, but uh, glad that you guys could join us. I uh, apologize for my lack of energy. I'm a little under the weather here in Austin, Texas, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to have a lively, lively podcast for you this evening. With us, uh, as always, an esteemed panel of guests, uh, start out in the in South Central Los Angeles, a gentleman who is probably feeling, has mixed emotions about the, the loss tonight for his Chivas of course, I'm talking about the, the self-loathing Chivas fan himself, Joel Aceves. Joel, how are you? Joel, John, uh, doing good despite the defeat, but, uh, you know, it, it's all good. Querétaro deserves, they deserve to have a, a campeonato. Yeah, so you're saying you're not going to Plaza Mexico in, in Los Angeles tonight Ooh, to celebrate? I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't celebrate Copa, uh, but, but, you know, with, with uh, No More Libertadores, I think maybe fans will embrace this. And, you know, I was glad to see the um, Querétaro, you know, their fan base. Yeah, it, really was, it, was a, it was a solid crowd. It was a sellout crowd in, in the Corregidora. And uh, like you said, I mean, they, they won their first final ever in their in their 66 years of existence. So, uh, you know, if you're a Querétaro, I'm sure that you will be, uh, <laughs> and i got to tell you, every time they would make a big play, the the, the loudspeakers would play the, the you know, the rooster crowing <laughs> which just cracks me up it's like you know what really inspires a crowd and like like hearing chicken noises uh, something we'll discuss a little later well thank you for uh, for joining us Joel. uh your insights are, are always welcome here uh, another gentleman in california uh i'm not sure if he's gonna have too much to maybe he's just gonna listen tonight uh but uh, he is uh he is on the call, but it looks like he might be muted. So we'll, we'll wait for him to we'll wait for him to decide when he wants to join us. Of course, I'm talking about Juan Uribe, the uh, Cambia Rayas himself. We'll see if he decides to to uh, dar la cara, as they say. And then, of course, over in uh, in, in Kyle, Texas. Actually, you're not in Kyle. You're in you're in Santa Clarita right now. So all three of y'all are in California. This is like you guys are ganging up on me. Yeah. Oh, California. Uh, Albert and Chiquiscampa, who's uh. Who went to Who went to Wally World today? How'd it go, Wally World? Was it fun? Yeah, it was good. Nice weather in Wally World. Just never opened. But yeah, time to celebrate in the Los Arcos. Yeah, you know there were there were literally dozens of fans at the Estadio Chivas with sad faces on, <laughs> crying. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was a good that was a good game. I liked the. I watched most of the first half, and uh, I was impressed with the uh, the speed and quickness that they countered with uh, Chivas. Yeah, I mean the energy of the game was terrific, and you know we have to give a shout out to the uh, 
the goalie for for Kenneth Volpi, who uh, made some just absolutely just banana saves, uh, you know, particularly in the second half. And then uh, obviously he uh, did a really good job of psyching out the, the Chivas penalty takers. Uh, particularly you know, Pulido, who uh, he said, go ahead and kick it over here. And he did, and he missed. You, you know, John, I, I think uh, it was a brilliant move on Queretaro's part. Uh, they announced they announced his contract extension, and, and they did a big deal about it. So I think that they pretty much, they pretty much, uh, you know, inspired inspired Volpi. Well, he obviously had he had an inspired performance tonight. I think he's you know you know reason reason one a for for why Queretaro is lifting the trophy for the first time in there. In their, I wouldn't say illustrious history, but their their pedestrian history, since this is the first time that they've listened. And again, you know, you know, good for them. And 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 how can you not like hearing hearing you know the cackles of a rooster? Hey, no, but you uh, know, we we rarely hear we rarely hear about a press conference announcing a contract extension, and uh, you know, for them to do it on on the night of the cup, and and with all the media present because of the of the final. You know, it was, they made like a big event out of that. I think it, it, you know, it motivated it motivated the player, and he he had like he was you could say he was MVP. He, he even scored a penalty. <laughs> he did, and and he came, and he took his penalty very well. Uh, you know, this is something that that frankly is just I've never. You know, if if. You know, I took penalties a few times in my life, and and I always there were two things I always did. One, I always looked at the corner I wasn't going to kick at. That was one thing I always did. And the second thing I did was that I made damn sure that I mean, if, if I'm going to miss the goal, I'm going to miss it. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to miss like you know one of the posts. I'm never, I never. I tried so hard not to kick it within like a meter range of the goalie. And you know, obviously, you know, when you're younger. You know the players don't fly as much, but I mean, what on earth are you doing kicking a penalty that's within, you know, a, a three or four foot range of the goalie? I mean, you're just asking you're asking for the guy to save it, and and Chivas did that several times tonight, and it's just, you know, if the guy saves it, if you're going down, you know, you know, low into the corner, high into the corner, you know, terrific goalkeeping. But but if you're kicking it, you know, within the within the middle of the of the. Uh, of the goal mouth, then you know you're you're giving yourself less of a chance for it to for it, for it to complete. And the Cubs have just taken a two run lead in the top of the tenth inning. So, we'll see how that. Uh, it's uh, now one thing I will say. I think you're right, Chiquis, is that the uh, the game itself was was played at a breakneck pace. I mean, that that is a pace that that frankly we're not used to seeing in Copa Mc in Liga Mc's period. It just you know the, the the speed of the game is really. That's how uh, that's how Chivas beat America in their first in the in the Super Classico the first time this year, is they outran them and, and just hustled them. And then the second time, America sort of bunkered a little bit more and played it a little bit better. But uh, but this Querétaro team is a lot faster and quicker than America. So they were like in the first half, they were they must have turned it, both teams turned it over like back and forth. I don't know, like thirty times in what two minutes or something. They just couldn't control right. the ball because they were just like all running at each other. They're trying to recover the ball, and uh, it was pretty exciting. But uh, so I thought, okay, yeah, Querétaro is going to give this team a, a run for their money and not let them just like use their speed and quickness all over them. Now, now normally a uh, Copa Mekis winner would have the the possibility of 
of playing it in Copa Libertadores, but it was announced today, and I, and I don't necessarily think that this is official. We haven't seen official word, but there has been leaks, and usually when there are leaks, it means that they they want information like this to be leaked. And the leak is, is that Mexico is not going to play in that Copa Libertadores, which to me just says that uh, that their TV contract is up and they're trying to negotiate, uh, you know, with with whomever it is that uh, that the, you know, whether it's Televisa or Fox or ESPN or whoever it is. So I, I don't think that, that it's completely dead just yet. But uh, the fact that they changed the calendar is uh, is telling. So. Are you guys watching the? Are you guys watching the ceremony? I am not. I am watching. Actually, I'm watching the baseball. Like I, I watch oh, baseball. Yeah. Like, oh my god! It happened again, man. Is Vergara over there getting his second place trophy? I I seen it. Those guys were lined up. Higuera, why is Higuera even lined up? He's he's oh, the my... CEO of Omni Life. <laughs> I want to tweet. I want to tweet this to you, man. This is crazy. He's in line, dude. Very got is. Well, there you have it. It's. Uh, I mean, the guy I'm really happy for again is uh, is Vusa. I think Vusa is just uh, you know, as far as you know, especially Mexican coaches go. I mean, can you really think of another of, of yeah, another Mexican coach who's accomplished is, as much as this man has? Which makes it sad how he was treated with the national team because he, you know, they they just gave him like two right. games. And, right, and Chicharito misses an open net in Costa Rica, like by you know by by whiffing whiffing at the ball, like like literally missing the ball. It's a teacher's fault. Yeah, so. I, he might be retiring after this, so uh, you know there, there's speculation that he's gonna become uh, Queretaro's GM, and uh, they might bring Hugo Sanchez as coach. That would be very interesting. I would like to see how that uh, how that works out. Now, uh, on to this uh, this Copa Libertadores news that was uh, that dropped uh, uh, about an hour or so before the game. Uh, did it happen, or is this just a, a negotiation ploy? I personally think it's a negotiation ploy. That Conmebol stands, you know, we we know what they're about, and they stand to lose way too much money to not, by not having the Mexican teams. But uh, you know, but on the other hand, the Mexican teams have to figure out a way to to manage their own calendar. So there's uh, there's definitely some. I got a way to calendar. Has to be done. I got a way to calendar. Uh, just forget about Liga MX, Copa MX, or whatever other thing. Concentrate on Libertadores. To me, a Mexican team winning Libertadores is more important than any Mexican local cup or anything like that. Chiquis, you you don't have to. You don't have to do away with the Copa MX. They just reformat it. Well, I'm, t- I'm, I'm talking about the team. Like, if the team send your scrubs to Liga MX, concentrate on the Libertadores if you're qualified. Like, if Querétaro uh, goes or, or Chivas were to go or whoever, send your first team to Libertadores. Concentrate everything on that. Well, I mean, there's no doubt that that is one of probably one of the sticking points that uh, Comnebol has with 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 Mackey's teams is that you know when you guys you know begged to be in the tournament, you know we made it as hard for you as possible to do it. You guys, you know, you finally overcame that, and then you repay us by by sending reserve teams. I mean, my like case in point, Monterrey when they were at the peak of their power, and this is something that was said each day. 
you know, they had just won the league. Uh, they weren't in the uh, Conca Champions yet. They mean, they had Suazo. They had just this incredible team. And they go to Libertadores and play with reserves. They play at the group stage with the reserves and didn't even qualify. So if they would have played it with their full squad, they would have, you know, who knows how far they would have gone because they were, I mean, as, as good a team as, as, as there had been. But doesn't, doesn't the uh, Molero apply to Libertadores? Like the, the U.S. fans of Monterrey or whoever's in Libertadores is still going to watch them even though they're scrubs, they're scrub team. So but they're that's still... not the point. I mean, they have, I mean that, that, that could be true, but I mean, what is the point of, of, of going to that tournament, you know, begging to be in the tournament, you know, and overcoming all the ridiculous logistical obstacles that if you're just going to send a reserve team, I mean, it, it, it makes, it makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. And I think that it was, it was, it was, uh, I'm not gonna say it was disrespectful, but I mean, it was, it was certainly an affront to, to the tournament. I mean, you know, this, it, it's a very important tournament. It's probably this, you know, as far as part of the world, it's easily the most important club tournament in the world. And you have an opportunity to play it. I mean, like you, I mean, you, you just said yourself, cheekies, you, I mean, you send your first team because it is, it is that important. I mean, like, Pumas last year, you know, Pumas had a good run. They made it to the quarterfinals. They probably should have made it to the semis because, uh, you know, they, the last time they played it was 11 years ago and they were knocked out of the group stage. So, yeah, you want Pumas to, to, to you know, to give it their full attention, and they did, and, you know, it ended up not working out. But, I mean, at least, you know, as a Pumas fan, you can hang your head high saying, well, you know, yeah, we, we got knocked out of the tournament, but, I mean, at least we didn't play it with a bunch of scrubs, you know? You know, and then you yeah, end up you losing to the team that wins the whole thing. I mean, that's you know, there's 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 a little dignity in that. I mean, I'd rather do that than to go six and out on the group stage. You know, playing with my B team. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You should you should bring your your first team to this tournament. But for yeah, a couple so, playing, I don't know if they have anything to complain about. They're still going to make the same money. But yeah, uh, I don't know about that. I, don't, I mean, if they don't have the, the the Mexico or the U.S. market, you know, where there's a vested interest, then how that uh, that contract is going to look, frankly. Also, do, like do you think I, mean, I think this is a negotiation? I think that 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 they're that they're bringing, you know, the market their their contract was with Fox, uh, you know, both in the U.S. and in, in Mexico. I'm sure that they would prefer to have an ESPN or uh, you know a Televisa or Univision or somebody like that, you know, an area that has more reach to uh to do that so you know there's a excuse me maybe there's a there's there's an opportunity there so um you know that that's why i don't necessarily think that the book is closed on this because i think that there's way too much money on the table to walk away from if they don't include the mexican teams just my personal opinion yeah i agree joel is uh, mexico out of the libertadores or are they uh are they just uh or are people just posturing right now? We'll never, Joe know. Will. we'll never know. Joe will. We'll never know. Oh, I must have. Oh, I must have a must have a chore to do. There at the there at the homestead. Hey, papi, will you take the trash out? <laughs> so, we'll see how that turns out. Oh. But I think John, I think they are out for now. You think so, Joel? Yeah, we might spend a season or two without it, and then they might reformat it again. And then they resign with uh, Televisa and Univision to no, get better reach. No, I mean Conmebol. They might go back. 
Oh, I understand. Well, what I'm saying, I mean, one of the reasons why they're doing this is because their their TV contract is with Fox is up. So, you know, there's a there's something to be said about negotiations, and, and you know, again, when stuff like this is leaked, you know, it's usually by interested parties. So we'll see how that uh, how that turns out. And I've noticed that the, the, the Camarayas is back on, but he's still muted. I wonder if he. Uh, if he's gonna, as uh, as Rafa Marquez said after the after the seven zero, I guess we'll find out here, here in a little bit. Now back to back to the the gallos. So they have this 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 thing that's the sound effect that every time they do good play, it's you hear a cock a doodle doo, you know the the rooster crow, and it reminds me. You guys are familiar with the radio station in Mexico, Stereo Rey, Stereo Rey. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. It was like a, it was like a, it was like an easy listen. It was all over the country. I knew it because that was what my grandmother listened to. So it was, it was like it was like easy listening, and, and and like every like in the middle of a song, you'd hear the, you know the the cockadoodle doo of the thing. So it just reminded me of that. It was like wow, that's kind of weird that uh, that they would do that. But I guess if you're the guy who's Broncos, I mean, what else are you going to play? You know, you have to play a, a rooster crowing whenever your team does something good. And then I did like the fact that their mascot, who is a, you know, obviously a a white rooster. Was 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 part of the celebration, and he got his trophy, and he was he was very happy. So kudos to the to the Gallos Blancos for for winning. And 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 Joel, you are right. The you know um, uh, the goalkeeper Volpi. I mean, not, not only did he have the game of his life, but he totally totally psyched out the America, the uh, America, the Guadalajara, the Guadalajara penalty kickers. Just uh, he just you know played mind games with them, and and, and ended up working out for them. And and there's something to be said about. Pulido missing another key, another key penalty strike. His uh, his his head is not his not is not good with ball yet. He needs to you know he he hasn't played for two years. It's gonna it's gonna take him some time. I mean, he was pretty much a non-factor this game. He he hasn't you know there is high expectations because of his price tag. So that's that's the one right. player that. They, you know, they bring him to make a difference in these big games, and for him to, you know, the least he could do is score the penalty, and to be missing on that, it, you know. Right now, Polido seems like you know he reminds me. I mean, he's he's more of like a you know a, a striker that that's cut from the the cloth of a chicharito, a guy who is a good finisher in the box, uh, but not necessarily a guy who helps set up the plays as much. Now, chicharito's obviously gotten a lot better at that. I don't think anybody denies that, but you know, when you have two years of inactivity, you know, you're going to be rusty. And so, I think, you know, they, they, I think, uh, I think Polito's, and he showed it a little bit more in this game. He uses his body well; he can protect the ball really well. So he's sort of like uh, Oribe in that aspect, but he can also dribble, and he's really quick and, and finishes. I mean, there was one part of the of the game where I had to disagree with uh, Joel on what he said. Where he was actually pretty dangerous, he would control it, and he even what, passed it what to the. What cheeky was, but he didn't score, man. No, he passed. He passed the ball down right into the middle oh. to Gulit, and he was like wide open. And Gulit like like does some uh, like half taken kick, and it goes to the to the to the goalkeeper. That's the, that's the other guy. Gulit has also been very inconsistent. And that's and what surprises me about this whole this whole these past two games, the one with America and this game. And even everyone is saying that he that Almeida put in the B team. 
against America <laughs> and, and today. And what is Orbelin doing on the bench the whole first half and then part of the second? What is uh, Brizuela? Just because that dude got injured, but Brizuela coming in, uh, most likely he would have came you in. That, you know, as much as you know, some of the folks here at the Los Estero, uh football podcast would, would like us to think that the, I mean, the Copa Mekis now had a great crowd tonight, but it's just not that. It's not as important a tournament one would want folks to think it is. Now, they can make it very important by, uh, you know, say raising the level of the prize money. You know, you know, you know. Think of a team like Ayos, who, you know, I know that they're 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 well paid in Mexico, but I mean, I'm sure that you know that their salaries are modest compared to other teams. I'm sure that it was a big deal for them because I mean, this is you know mailbox money that they weren't expecting. This is. You know, this is you. You bought a scratch off, and you won twenty grand. You know, this, this is a big deal for them. And so, you know, I mean, you know, maybe if they made the prize money a little bit more enticing, then maybe the teams would, uh, or at least the players would, would take it a little more seriously. So, you know, it's it's a work in progress. I mean, I, you know, I I, I like Joel. Think that Copa uh, Mekis has has a bright future as long as they they start including some of the lower divisions and, you know, make it a, make it more of a one-off tournament where, um, you know, the pressure is a lot higher and it, it may, it's more entertaining instead of playing whatever it is, like six or seven games, you know, like in, in, in groups, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. So, uh, you know, working, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously the fans are responding because, you know, you know, at least in the later rounds, there were, there were some very decent crowds at the stadiums. Of course, it was nice to have, some of the uh, the more popular teams in the league uh, continue to participate in that, and that obviously helped them a lot. It's uh, you know, let's just say that a Chiapas Atlas crowd is not going to be the same as for for Chivas or America. No, no offense to our Chapaneco or or Rojinegro fans who listen to us, but you know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we drop truth bombs here on the Los Football Podcast, and that's just the reality. Just the reality. But you're right, Hoa, uh, Chiquis. Why, why didn't Orbelin play the whole game? I mean, Orbelin, to me, is, is the heart and soul of that team. He's, 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 he's the, 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 the bedrock, the cornerstone of, of, of what Chivas does, both offensively and, and sometimes. And you would think that, you know, in a cup final, that you would want to play at least, you know, a handful more of your, of, of your, of your integral players. Yeah, it started like he gave, he gave it away. He was like, I'm going to go for this with these sorry players and hopefully we'll win. They got lucky against America. There was a, there was a referee error mistake and they got lucky against America. But, but, but you know what? Uh, there's, there's also this pressure to get, to get a lot of these guys that Chivas paid, you know, they broke their piggy bank to get like Tagallitos and, and, uh, you know, well, the they and the Kulits. They, they paid all this money and, and their bench, so there's there's this pressure to to win something or or to get them playing well together again. Because you know the, the other thing is where it's like did did you did the club really need them if they're doing better without them? You know, the Cubs are one out away from winning their first World Series since Mark Twain was alive. They need to get rid of Gulli, man. I think they trade him or something. Well, he'll end up. Where do uh, where do, well they they end up in in Querétaro, right? Isn't that where the Chivas castoffs end up? <laughs> yes, and and you know there is there's a good relationship right there through Higuera that 
he's he's related to uh, the president. I forgot his name, uh, but the president of Querétaro, their cousins. The Grupo Imagen and, uh, guy. Yeah, he even he even owned the club for a day. I know I mentioned it before, but that's right. That's right. He, uh, I don't know, something went wrong with negotiations, and they they uh, they took away the ownership. But uh, yeah, yeah. That recently had a. Uh, uh, an owner that nobody knew who it was. It was like it was like a silent owner, a mystery owner. Was it you, Juan? No, you know what? No. What you know what club was easy to own was Leon. They were worth. Uh, they got bought like five, five around five million a few years back. Five million dollars. If, if, if there's a team that that is in desperate need of a new stadium, it is it is Leon. I mean, that is uh, you know just a really good atmosphere. But that stadium is so just. I know, just but how do you value a club at that much? I mean, Chivas USA was was, you know, but I gotta sold it back for like twenty million, and then and then MLS sold the Chivas USA franchise for about a hundred million or a hundred and twenty. Uh, so, so how is Leon worth five million? You know, it's one of the. Well, it was probably uh, officially five million, and it was probably worth about thirty million under the table. <sighs> Sorry, guys, I just got here as fast as I could. <laughs> <sighs> I'm worried about the Camarayas doing something drastic. <laughs> you okay? He has to make an appearance. He's been muted. Oh, still, he's probably he's still crying. crying. <laughs> Is he crying? You don't want us to hear his sobbing. Whimpering noises. Did he roll and try not to cry and then cry? <laughs> he, he did the like what I call the ugly cry, where you're like your face contorts, you know, because you're you're trying not to cry. He's probably like he probably froze his face in a position that's you know really hard for him to talk right now. I think that that's now, that's which, what, now we have to worry which, about both cambiarayas. Yeah, I know because I was about to say which cambiarraya are we talking about right now. <laughs> well, right now I'm talking about 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 about, about cambiarraya's padre and cambiarraya's hijo. Uh-huh. Has, has 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 yet to, you know, he would be cambiarrayitas, I guess. Right? <laughs> <laughs> how are you guys doing, man? Good, uh, Ronnie. Good. Ronnie in Philadelphia has joined us. It's uh, it's late. It's it's already Thursday for for Ronnie, and, and then Daniel Preciado has checked in with us too, out in Oceanside, where it's uh, I'm sure a lovely, comfortable, sixty two degrees. John, are you sick? I am sick. Can you tell I have I have my 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 radio voice going? Yeah. Oh no! Here, here. Sounds good, man. I heard that uh, voice, and I got scared. No, no. Oh. Well, you know, time I, I I get the sniffles, so yeah, yeah. it's just uh, it, it, it's one of it's it's, it's one of the, it's the only perk I get when I when I'm sick is that I, you know, I, I sound like I've been smoking you know four packs a day, <laughs> which is how how a good radio guy gets a voice. You know, he's not they're not, they're not doing any exercise. The only exercise they're doing is inhaling cigarettes. Uh-huh. Don't, don't let them tell you. Don't let them tell you any 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 different. So, but all right. Uh, so, what uh, what were the uh, topics for today? Well, we, uh, we 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 touched on the on the Gallos winning their first trophy ever. You know, you know, kudos to Busetich for another final. You know, the guys like fifteen and one in finals. It's just, it's, it's incredibly impressive his record. 
I know. Uh, it was when you think about it, Tecos, Leon, and they and he did it when these were very small clubs with very little money. Yeah, he did it at at, at Puebla and like uh, yeah, just just these crazy places where 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 he won titles. It's it's insane. You know, obviously, then Monterrey was you know probably the most prestigious club, but I mean, and then and there. You know, he wins what like four or five titles, you know, including league and then and Coca Champions. And he has one iffy season. And what do they do? They fire him. And this is after the after the city named a street after him. <laughs> you know, and not only that, but I think that when they opened their their new stadium and they brought like all of their 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 former glorious players and coaches back, he was the last one that was announced, and he got like a like a five minute standing ovation. Yeah, because the reality is that that stadium wouldn't have been built if it wasn't for the the success that that, that he brought the team and, and he brought the club. So, uh, you know, my my hat off to the guy. He's he's one of my favorite coaches, and he totally deserves everything that he gets. And and he certainly didn't deserve the way that that MX food treated him after the. Uh, no, that 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 was that was a slap in the face, man. He didn't deserve. He didn't. He did not deserve that. Yeah, and he even said as much. He's like, he's like, he doesn't, you know, he's, I mean, he's like, you know, they, not only did they, did they get, like, they got rid of me, like, on a phone call, like, they didn't even have the guts to do it to my face, you know. I'm surprised he didn't get a text. Profe, no vengas hoy, gracias, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you should just, never, uh, you should never go back. And then, yeah, and then, and then, so we, 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 we parlayed that into discussing how, uh, just, uh, just today, it was, it was leaked that it could be uh, the end for Mexico's participation in the Copa Libertadores, which, of course, we're all very sad about. Yeah. Although I'm not 100% sure that it's 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 uh, it's official. I think that it's right now a negotiation ploy more than anything. Yeah, because I mean, just a couple of days ago, I was reading I was reading that you know America needs one more win, you know, out of the two remaining matches to qualify as Mexico two for the Copa Libertadores, but you know. Uh, I mean, I was just wondering, it's like, what's going to happen? Because, I mean, obviously, I want, obviously, I want to see, you know, America back in in Copa Libertadores. Because I, I, I mean, I don't want to rehash what I said a couple of weeks back, but I, I really miss America playing in the Libertadores. Right, and uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, with Chivas already in, and but, possibly and when- Cholos, you know, very popular teams. When was the last time uh, Chivas and America were were even in Libertadores at the same time? That was in '98. Yeah, that was that. That was the first. That was the first. Uh, uh, the first go at it. Because the first, the first go, the first time they went, they didn't have the they didn't have the knockout stages. It was it was straight up uh, Chivas and, and America, I guess for promotional reasons. And then, and then it was after the '98. That's when they started doing the knockout. You know, uh, the knockout. Uh, the pre pre. The pre pre, and uh, that's where um, Monterrey, you know, screwed the pooch because that was. <laughs> it sounds like a sounds like a condition that. No, I I, I, <laughs> I was a, I was an undergrad student back then at the University of Houston when they used to have the Copa. They called it the Pre-Pre-Libertadores, but then Sears picked up the sponsorship and it was the Copa Sears Pre-Pre-Libertadores. And they used to have games, you know, in L.A. and Dallas, but they used to go to Robertson Stadium. Uh, I, I don't know the name of the new stadium at U of H. I haven't really been keeping up with, uh, with the name. I believe it's it's called University of Houston Stadium. Is, it, is that what it's called? Or Cougar Stadium or something. Or probably okay. named after some famous alum. They should call it Akeem Stadium is what they should call it. 
Yeah. Well, hey, by the way, have you seen the new Fight Slam and Jamma thing? I'm sure it's terrific because they were they were terrific. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't want to say something. Yeah, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. But someone told me it was really good, fun, fun to watch. But anyhow, no. So they used to they used to have the uh, they used to have uh, the the teams that go there. And I remember the first uh, the first time I went to to Pre Pre Libertadores, it was a double header, and it was if I remember, it was it was Unam. Monterrey, Atlas, and America. Unfortunately, America lost that day. But the two biggest uh, uh, star attractions uh, that day, like all the fans were going crazy for uh, for El Turco Mohamed uh, and and uh, and uh, what's his name for Pumas, it was Horacio Sanchez. So Hugo Sanchez is a nephew. Ron, didn't he end up playing in? Like second division Guatemala. Uh I'm not. I don't know if he went to Central America. Um, well, but I do remember hearing, reading that son, the one that died a couple years back, uh, Hugo Sanchez Jr. and and the cousin were both uh, at odds with Hugo Sanchez. You know the the legend. Um. Because according to them, it's like it's like that Hugo didn't really do much for them, or or, or basically just kind of like playing time that they deserved, or they Muy triste, no. deserved. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, he had. I think. I think Horacio had a, a more promising career at the beginning. A prospect. I think he was a, more of a prospect. You know. But uh, I wonder. I wonder how he got the gig. Who's that? Horacio. Oh, obviously the name. So, I mean, it's funny because it's a double-edged sword. It can open doors, but it can also, you know, bite you. Yeah. Did you guys see that video, though? It was it was like a former Mexican, you know, former Mexican star, and he's playing in Central America. And uh, Isn't somebody playing in Costa Rica right now? No, no. Yeah, but th- uh, this yeah, is better, uh, dude. Land, La- Landin. Landin. Luis Angel Landin. Yeah. The right. The right to the stadium, they jumped in back of a truck. Oh, oh, that was uh, Carlos. <laughs> that was Carlos Cobos. That was Carlos de los Cobos. Yeah, Carlos de los Cobos. That's how it was. Scott, the team. That's, yeah, yeah. He was talking. And this is first division. This is a and this is a a, a good, uh, good first division. Well, relatively Football. speaking, you know, in 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 uh, in El Salvador, where you know the guys would pick go and pick up trucks and. No, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, Landin, uh, yeah, there was an article a couple of weeks back or a week back, you know. And yeah, I remember when he went to the uh, Houston Dynamo, they thought that they'd signed like like the next coming of Jesus. I mean, they were so excited about the guy. It's like, I was like, really? Hey, are you sure you know what you got there? So he was one of the Camados from uh, yeah. from Carson, the Carson Camados. He and uh, and and Torito and and Gaucho, they've never been seen or heard from since. Poor guys. And the other guy retired, Santiago. Oh, hey, hey Gauchito, yeah. Gaucho Avila. Hey, what's up, guys? But Gaucho Avila, he got injured a, a couple years back, so his career is done. Oh, he's here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he so, talks. Speaking, oh, he talks. <laughs> speaking of the devil, what's up, guys? I'm sorry, man. I was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> My wife did a tap, blue. 
Nah, no, 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 because because Joel is he's 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 a self loathing Chivas fan. He's 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 numb to it. He, he's happy. He's happy. He's happy. Exactly. He had mixed emotions tonight. You know, he's sad that Chivas lost, but happy that 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 it happened to 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 the to the management staff. Yeah, you you know, Juwan, I, I wanted to ask you, um, what's up with Almeida not being able to beat teams that are playing a man down? And team, you actually end up playing worse. Dude, you know what? 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 What does the team do? They're a man down. What do you think? Do they, do they venture forward, or do they sit back and? Yeah, the thing wasn't sitting back though. They were still, they were still going balls out. So, I, I didn't watch the game, but so you, oh. tell me what? What does the team do? Uh. She was looked bad, dude. Down. They, they looked. Hey, but uh, didn't didn't Frank correct you? And he said that uh, you beat Santos with and Santos had a man down. When was this? I don't know. Frank brought up the stat, dude. I don't. I don't. I'm quoting Frank there. Frank, see there, Fernando. <laughs> the the senator has. Cambia reina, hijos. Cambia rayitas is is not is not here. Cambia reina, por favor, por favor, es el senador. I'll look it up. You know, I, know, I, I, th- I think they choked on the penalty. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean what you missed actually was was a master class in gamesmanship by the uh, by Volpi, the, uh, the 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 Querétaro goalkeeper. I mean, he just he, he it, 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 it was it was as as impressive as what the the Dutch goalie did to the Costa Ricans in in the, in the World Cup. Just just completely, completely. Uh, Took took him out of their head, and uh, and, and it worked. No, you know, you think that they would be immune to that? Does he play like? Does he? What I heard, I haven't. I didn't see the game. Trust I me, when I like tell you that it was it was it was a master class in gamesmanship because I, I I watched it happen. So what I heard is that yeah. he played the he had the game of his life today. He did. He had he well he had two saves that 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 looked spectacular, but they really weren't because they kicked it right at him. But he did have one that was really impressive, and then it was on a corner kick, and that it was it was probably the the play of the game. There's no question. But uh, yeah, but the penalty kicks were were uh, were, were were him just to totally getting in, into the head of the of the Chivas players, and you would think that the you know that 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 Almeida's you know Jedi mind tricks would 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 be strong enough for for, for the players to to withstand such. Such a devious move into the dark arts, but uh, it, it turns out that uh, that it did not. In fact, the last guy that uh, that missed the, that that gave the trophy to Querétaro was uh, Alan Pulido, who the guy said, "You're going to kick it over here. You're going to kick it over here," and he did, and he hit the post. <laughs> Which uh, yeah. you know, Pulido uh, took took a sad selfie afterwards. To <laughs> with so. Goli, I imagine. <laughs> hey, yeah. Chivas, Chivas didn't beat. Uh... A Santos team with ten players. Uh, Santos actually had nine players. <laughs> 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 they had two. They had two red cards. So, <laughs> well, well, there you have it. There you have it. <laughs> so you're right. You're right, Joel. <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know, man. For Camberrayas to be, um, to be going for Pern for stats, it's it's a new low. You mean 
It was a correct stack. It was a correct stack compared to yours. It wasn't no, it wasn't, dude. It was two players down, not one player now. <laughs> you know, oh. th- that, that, almost deserves, that almost deserves the sad foods <laughs> just because, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't think, I don't think, uh, yeah, they should have. They, you know, because I'm watching the game and I see the, I see, uh, I forgot yeah, the dude's I like name. How, I like how Jolie, uh, he, he, uh, <laughs> he splits hairs when it's convenient. What? <laughs> no, look, I, this is, so I was, I'm seeing the game and I see this. It's just a boneheaded move by the Querétaro player. I, I forget his name, but he does that headbutt. And uh, I'm like, and, and I even I even put it in the chat. I put this guy just handed Chivas the championship. And then I remembered, <laughs> like Chivas actually plays worse when the team goes down a player. Because they were playing right, pretty so good. The they, they were playing pretty good up until that point. So I mean, I, I was I was hoping Chivas would win, but I don't, yeah, I don't know, it's, man. It's an interesting I, phenomenon because that happens with me. with Osorio as well. Whenever uh, they, the other team goes a man down, and it's not just I mean you you, you you see it a lot. It's just you know teams. I don't necessarily think they bunker down, but they're just a lot more cautious with 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 with, with how they. Obviously, they defend a lot better, and then you know they, they they take their chances, and a lot of times they they catch they catch teams out. But yeah, you know I agree. Look, when you're when you're when you're facing uh when you're facing uh, a superior team, or you're you're you you have a man down or more, you don't you don't take as many risks uh, with the ball. You don't push your lines forward, so you limit the space behind your defense. Uh, you try to limit the shots that they take at your goalie, or if they're gonna take shots, they gotta be from far away. So I think it, it, it's perfectly logical that most teams, and not just Almeida, if you, if you look across the league, most teams are gonna struggle uh, to beat a team with a with a man down, unless like they, you know, they they go a man down like after a penalty situation, you know, where they're already up one uh, zero. No, I think I think it's being a no, men- I, men- think- I think it's being a mental midget, man. If you when you, you <laughs> when, no, dude, when you, you go under- when you go you against a team that's a man down. No, but when you go when you go man. when you go against a team that has a man down, a lot of teams automatic a lot of teams automatically think a goal is coming. It's just a matter of time, and then they they don't play up to the level that they were playing, maybe or with the intensity that they should be, and they don't score. So. It's a mental thing as well. You know what? To me, the mental mystery uh, is when uh, you have a team with a better te- technical ball. You know, they're basically better in every way. But mentally, they don't believe in it. That's to me when you have a team that's uh, mentally weak or mental midget. Uh, you know, so, so are you? Is 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 Almeida? Is he is is he not the chosen one anymore? Not the chosen one. I mean, you're not gonna win every final you're in unless you're. Uh, Abusetich happens uh, to win every final he's in. Yes. Yeah. Well, if you let me finish talking, John. The Vesala is a silly noobie boy. Yeah, unless you're Abusetich, I guess he wins every final he's in. But, but he, why, why don't they give him the Mexican national team then? And let's see what he can do with those guys. You know. 
I think that that, uh, unfortunately for Wusatich and for really more for Mexico, I think that that ship sailed. You know. Yeah. Takes the blame for Chicharito whiffing on open net. Hey, Juan. Hey, Juan, I got a question for you, though. Why, why is Chivas, why did Almeida insist on putting his B team out there these last two games? In order well, to lean you, know you know what it is, man? Um, uh, I, I didn't see the game now, but if you look at it, if you got a team, for example, in this tournament, uh, the Copa MX, what is it designed for? It's designed to give exposure, give playing time to your B team, right? Uh, now they, but his they B team are all the are all the, are all the big money signings. Well, Pulido, you know Gallito, Julit. You know, I know that, but that's merit. Alanis, Pereira. I mean, just got down the list. Look at Michael Perez. Look at how uh, Orbelín Pineda, Saldivar, Cisneros, how these guys are playing. There, there is, it's not that the, that he's playing various. Is that those guys are keeping these signings on the bench? And you know what? You wouldn't. I think as a as a manager, Almeida couldn't wish for a better situation than having that type of internal competition. Now back to Abeto's uh, 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 question: Why would he do that? Because this tournament is to prepare that team. Now you might say, "Hey, he well, he's pissing away this tournament." Uh, you know, and you can look at it that way. But to me, that shows the, the depth in, in Chivas. And I mean, where else is Gulit, you know, gonna get playing time? You know. Hey, but Juan, there's also a lot of pressure to have these guys. Uh, ultimately, they're not paying all that money, and especially playing in wages, Copa. to to have yeah. yeah to have these guys playing the Copa or or to be in bench. Yeah, but they, they just fell short. They just fell short. They just proved to you that they're not ready to win a championship. So I think if I'm the manager, even even if you take if, if there's pressure, well here you go. Take the, show me show me that there's pressure, and they just showed. That they're, that they're not the, the quality. You know what it's like? It's like if you're a Chivas fan and you, and you, and you go see a show and, and, and you're expecting this. Right, what, do you get? what do you get? You get this instead. Guadalajara, Guadalajara. Hey, Juwan, like, Juwan. Like when you're too, when you talk about pressure, are you talking like laces out type of pressure? <laughs> laces out. Wait, is that about? Is that your experience with that uh, that transformer? No, no. <laughs> that, 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 you were a pet detective, right? That's what no. you were yes. pet detective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh shit, man. Hey, one, one so thing. In, 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 one, one comment though on the going to the uh, the red card on that guy. Um, what did Pocho Ponce did was actually pretty great. He he trolled that dude. He got him to headbutt him, and he got him rejected. And I was I think I was telling Hawaii last night when we were talking that uh, that's what. Um, oh, because I was watching. I was watching the I was watching a German repeat game of uh, one of the U.S. players. I forget. Oh, Bobby Wood. Um, he got trolled just the same exact thing, and he like did an elbow to the guy, and he got ejected, and they lost the game. Two goals were immediately scored once he was ejected. <clears throat> and uh, and that's what Mexico needs to do. They need to reverse the role on the U.S. and start trolling him that way. 
and getting them upset and frustrated because usually it's yeah, the other way around where Rafa gets upset or something happens where Mexico screws you up. You know what, Chiquis? We, we see it not only the U.S., we see it with other teams, uh, Central American teams, where they they do a lot of stunts like that. Now, I just think it's not in... I just don't think it's in like the Mexican football culture where like you have a player like Picolin that, that knows how to do that and he gets vilified. And and in other places he would be like he'd just be like a folk hero, man. <laughs> so Yeah, I guess you have to right, have to have the right attitude. And, and I'm and, trying to think of players that we I also like. have this this mentality that we're that we're like bad. Yeah, but you know, I don't think the, the result of stuff like that to win a game, uh, you know, frankly. No, but yeah, I mean, it, it helps throwing some players out of their game, you know? Yeah, but I mean, let's face it. I mean, the, the one team that Mexico is never going to win the mental battle against is going to be the U.S. It's, it's uh, you know. I think it has to do, and, and, I think it's because of, and, I, and I think it's because of the press. Well, it's the press, and it's also it, it's the pressure. I mean, it's the one game that Mexican players just absolutely, you know, categorically have to win, and they don't handle that very well. They never have, or their fans or whatever. And the U.S. knows this, and then the U.S. takes full advantage of it, and they always have, and they should. Wait, I was going to say before Juwan rudely interrupted me. Uh, <laughs> They're part of part part of it. <laughs> also, part of it is that we have that that mentality that that we're vastly superior to the other region, to the other teams. So we have to beat them by playing, you know, by outplaying them, by being more fancy, you know. And and some some games is is win at all costs, not just try to yeah to play I mean, silky. Just... You know, but the the fan base they they're not ready for that. They're not ready for a win at all costs against Concacaf. I mean, I mean, you know. look at how look at the River Plate Tigres games. How, how how those games played. I mean, what, what did what did River Plate do to Tigres? They just 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 torn to pieces physically. Just you know, foul after foul after foul after foul after foul. Totally took Tigres out of their game, and then and then and then River Plate. You know, we you know since that, and they pounced and they won three zero. You know, I I, I I used to um I had read the interview from Muñeco Gallardo, the coach for uh, River, and he was he was talking about how surprised he was when they arrived to uh to Tigre Stadium, how how calm they seemed, you know, and and it's crazy because I was talking to to some friends from from Argentina and they were all worried. They they were they all thought Tigres was gonna. They, they didn't see themselves as favorites, which which surprised me, so you know. That, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a difference. Be a difference in the in the style of refereeing you have in the in the Mexican league hey, hey, to the to the South American league, because uh, you know in Mexico uh, the Mexican refs they're gonna they're not gonna allow that much hacking to go on because the the league it, it's a league with more money, you know they're they're there to entertain more of the spectators, so you know. You're gonna lose viewers on the TV if, if they're just uh, if you have the, the the flow of the game disrupted. Hey, hey, having that type of play. Hey, uh, oh, hey, so I, think, I, I, I think the referees, <laughs> the referees is what's holding back uh, that style, Jolie. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, man. I mean, analyze it. Look at it. But, but look at the way the referee game. 
going back to what you were saying, Jorge, though, about what uh, Muñeco Gallardo was saying. Yeah. If you go, if you go back, if you watch the pregame, I'm probably, I'm sure you could probably find it on YouTube. If you go back to the pregame of uh, of uh, of Pumas, of Pumas uh, uh, Boca Juniors in the 2005 final in the Copa Sudamericana, the the announcers, the RG announcers on Fox Sports, could not believe how calm and just you know the, the players from Pumas were. I mean, they were just like you know. They were they were listening to cumbias. They were just you know just jamming, and they could not. They what, could, what are they, they supposed believe? to be doing? What, what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to be like 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 sitting there in a corner, like biting their nails? Well, I'm, I'm the there's, 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 two to, there's two ways to interpret that. There's two oh, ways to I, interpret two, two ways to interpret I, that. I think one is that they think the, hey the players at River Plate and even like, they're dude, they're not even getting paid on time. So of course they're, they're, they're not gonna have they're not gonna afford their TV and the is a lot. I, 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 I think it's a totally, totally different financial uh, uh, state, you know. The no, Mexican but league, dude, I, it has money. I, I, I think, I think you're lo- I think that's not really the way you're supposed to be looking at it, at least from the the, the announcer's point of view. No, well, is, what, what it, you're trying to say is you, what, what you're insinuating is the Mexican player doesn't have heart, or the players in the Mexican league. No, no, it, it, no, or, it, it's that the, the it's the South American announcer. That the South American announcer is probably just shocked because that the Mexican teams go in there and they're not scared. Keep in mind, Mexican teams, MF Mexican teams, they can go and they can go to the Bombonera and get a point or, or get three points. They can go to the Monumental and beat River Plate in River in Argentina. They can go beat Flamengo in the Maracaná. They can go and beat you know Colo Colo over there in their stadium. So not, I, I not think, anymore. What's that? Well, not not the last not the last five or whatever years, but remember when the Mexican teams were taking it serious. I mean, they were going into tough places. They were going into very tough. They were going into tough uh, places and getting tough and, and wins. And a lot of the announcers, they were like, you know, there, there's a, there's there's a reason why, for many years during the Copa Libertadores, you know, time, that they didn't like, you know, like the Ecuadorians, the Colombians, the the, the, the Paraguayans, the Peruvians. That they didn't like, that they didn't like the Mexican teams in, in their tournament, you know, because well, they were losing a spot to them too, weren't they? Ex- they well, yeah, the, exactly, exactly. Well, not necessarily because they expanded the tournament to include so yeah well, spots. Well, they took a spot away from them, right? That that was open. No, because court. they expanded the tournament. I mean, the, the tournament used to be sixteen teams, and then expanded it to twenty-four to add the Mexican team. So they added. No one specifically lost a spot. They just added more spots for for certain countries. But uh, so no, I, I don't think I don't think you're. I don't think it, it, the, the the take is that. Oh, look at them! You know they don't take it serious. No, it's that. Oh shit! These guys, they're not scared of us. Well, you know that's why they that's why they they cheated them with a referee, a questionable referee. Oh hell yeah! And the, uh, Mexican... the last minute rule changes, you know. Yeah, I mean. Speaking yeah, of referees, yeah. the uh, the referee that was chosen for the Mexico U.S. match was the the, the cat out of Guatemala. Uh, Beltran or Be- Be- uh, Beltran or Be- Be- I thought it was like Gonzalez. It should be Geiger, man. 
No, it's a, it, 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 it should be the guy from Zenit uh, Sabalut, who's just a really good ref. He's just a solid, solid ref. Oh, speaking of uh, Guatemala, aren't they uh, suspended? I thought the whole federation was suspended. Yeah, dude, they're does that suspended. Does that, does that include the rest, too? <laughs> good question. I thought, I thought that entire federation was uh, uh, suspended. suspended. They are, they are. Oh, all right. Why? And it's funny, because, and it's funny, and if you think about it, I was, you know, when I was reading this, I'm thinking... <clears throat> They they got suspended. The entire federation got suspended because the owners don't want to. They don't want to uh, basically um, release. It, it was I, I read I read two things. One was that they didn't want to disclose uh, certain you know certain documents, and the other one was that they didn't want to uh, uh, update or. Uh, basically follow up with the new protocols of, of, of how they're supposed to administer the, the, the Federation. And I just thought that that was, uh, that was interesting because, I mean, if you think about it, the Mexican League, the Mexican, you know, the Mexican Federation, there are certain things that technically we aren't supposed to be doing because it goes against, you know, FIFA's, you know, codes and, and bylaws. So I'm just wondering why they are getting in trouble and the FMF is not. Why? Why do you think that is? Money. I, you know, there's too much money that FIFA makes from Mexico. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, one thing I want to end with, at least I'm going to end with, uh, y'all can obviously continue to do what you want, but uh, I'm going to step off here in a second, was uh, Cup is coming down. Uh, the uh, You know, the bidding is open, and you know, there, there's, there's speculation that, the, that there might be a joint bid between whether it's the U.S. and Canada, U.S. and Mexico, or they're going to do separate bids, whatever it is. I have a sneaky feeling if they expand the tournament to uh, 40 teams or 48 teams or whatever it is that it's actually going to be all three countries. I think it's going to be Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. I hope not. I know. No, no, no. I mean, I, I'm okay with Mexico, Canada, whatever. Dog, man. I'm okay with that. Uh, I mean, my, my, my thing is I don't want to get it expanded to 40, man. I don't want to get it watered down. It will be watered down. What's that? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ron. They have, you have that's what, you have, that's what, like like the Portugal China game where they they had seven zero results. It's I mean, if they if they expanded it to eight, so so you're thinking out of those eight teams, you think that that South America will get one, Qatar will get one, Asia will get one. No, they want to give more to Africa. New Zealand will probably get one. Oh, yeah, Oceania will probably get their full their, a full place final. So that's five, and then three Asia, more European teams. So that, that, no, that's what it's going to be. No, but the boats are in Asia and Africa, and that's that's who's lobbying to get more teams. Well, I, I would be okay with giving Africa another another team just because I think that they that they play better better soccer, but 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 Asia and 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 the rest. I mean, how how many does Asia get right now? Like three, or three or four? I forget what it is enough. It's definitely enough. 
So, uh, so I mean, because I know that the Eurocopa in 2020 is going to be played in like you know eight or nine different countries. So I, I just have a feeling that that that, that that's going to be the, the the way of the future. That's going to be how FIFA gets around. It's you know you don't have to build 18 stadiums. Yeah, also, a lot because of co-hosting. Like, John? And in addition to that, I mean, you know, like so, you know, like like take a look at the U.S. Uh, yeah, we have a, there's a lot of stadiums here. You know, no one denies that, but you know. Arlington has a gigantic AT&T logo on the top of it. Field turf. So if they want those 90,000 seats, who's going to pay AT&T to take that AT&T logo off? And who's going to make sure that the grass is good quality? Like if they're going to have four or five games there, that it doesn't have... I don't don't think they need to take it off. I think they just don't show it. Oh, believe me, they will take it off. They, They took it off the Allianz Arena. That is true. Take it off. They changed the name of it too. Yeah, it'll the, be it'll the, be Arlington Stadium or whatever it is. In, in our in in Germany, um, they were known as the World Cup Stadium in like uh you know in in Munich whatever. The only stadiums that got to keep their names were the ones that were named like after people like like in Kaiserslautern it was right. the Fritz whatever stadium. Um. So yeah, so I mean, and, and going back, and in fact, this was a, uh, this was in the, uh, there was in a book, uh, uh, written by Juan Dosal. I think that's I think that's where I read it, where they were, when they were talking about the, um, the '86 process of how you know Mexico got the World Cup, and it was a set, you know, it was a, a young FIFA executive, Seb Blatter, a younger, you know, he was a vice president at the time, he wasn't the president. He was only you know, like seventy, right at the time. He, he was only he was only seventy. He was in his mid eighties. In parentheses, in parentheses, you know, he you know he quoted him saying that you know that his concern was going to Joe Robbie Stadium and not getting the sponsors out of out of uh, out you know off the stadium. So right off the bat, Canada didn't have the stadium, the the, the stadiums to host the World Cup. Uh, the U.S. had everything, but they didn't have assurances. From the sponsors and the NFL owners. At the wait, time. wait, which which World Cup is this? Uh, this, this six was, or seventy? When when, when Colombia when Colombia said hey, when so Columbia, yeah, in eighty six when Colombia declined, said that they couldn't do it because when the thing about it, Colombia kind of got screwed because when they applied, it was still a it was still a, a, a sixteen. Uh, the, the U.S. also got screwed because uh, they they had made a strong bids to host it. And, yeah, and they should yeah. have gotten it over Mexico, but, uh, but the, Mexico had but, just hosted. Yeah, but the thing about it is, and that's what I'm saying is that that Sepp Ladder was saying that his his concern was going into like Joe Robbie sta- Stadium in in Miami and not being able to get, not being able to control the stadiums or get the the spot, you know, the the, the advertisers off of, off of their, the the stadium facilities, and that's one thing that Mexico, the Mexican Federation. They had assurances not only from the Mexican Federation, the president of the, of the country at the time. So saying that, you know, whatever you need or whatever you want us to do, we'll do. And, yeah, you, right. you, know, you know what? Uh, there's there's this book. It's written by David Yallop. He's okay. an investigative reporter. He was, I don't know if you guys remember, he was one of the dudes that kept hounding uh, Jack, uh, Warner. Jack Warner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wrote a... Yeah, he was already calling the corruption way back when. 
You're talking about almost 20 years ago. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing that cracks me up is that people think that this Infantino guy is a reformer, man. I guarantee you that he's going to be just <laughs> as crooked, if not more so, than the and, rest of them. I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. That's, well, he, you know, it's, it's already started. He already said that racism's over, that, that <laughs> you know, it doesn't exist in, in the world of soccer anymore, so we don't have to do any of that anymore. It's done. So, um, but anyway, so yeah, so the, there's yeah, obviously the sponsor issue is big. The field turf is big too. I mean, the, uh, you know, they, they had Copa America where they, they laid down, and and some of those stadiums they're toward the end. I mean, it was it was it was unplayable, and uh, you know, all those big NFL stadiums that you know they just fought over. Of you know, most of them have that field turf on them, and uh, it's not uh, that that's going to be an issue. And the same thing happens in Canada. I mean, you know, they're they're big big. You know, for CFL, you know, those have field turf on them too. So that's why I think that it's going to be a joint bid. And then, that, you know, and if it's not a joint bid, then that's where Mexico has a huge, a huge advantage. Is that is that they, you know, their stadiums they don't have to do they don't have to do anything to them. Yeah, they've already been in the process of remodeling Azteca. They have the beautiful new stadium in Monterrey. They have a beautiful one in Guadalajara. Uh, they probably you know they can use the one in Aguascalientes, which is which is gorgeous. Uh, there but, there are there are plenty of stadiums but, that are that are available. But but, but, but John, them, right? but John, here, here's the thing, and and I here, here here's my thing uh, also, John, which uh, there's there's a main minimum seating capacity, and like for example, for example, uh, the Toluca, it's getting it's getting remodeled, won't pass. Uh, right. The, the one in Pachuca won't pass. Santos Torreon won't pass. Aguascalientes won't pass. You know that minimum was, city. San, Santos Stadium is is pretty new, isn't it? It's new. It's a beautiful. It's it's a beautiful. Forty thousand minimum. Uh, there, and, to, and, and and honestly, I thought that, I think that's stupid uh, because you know I remember in South Africa there were there were you know Germany on the other hand every game that I went to sold out. Not the case. Not the case in South Africa, and uh, I mean, I, I remember there were you know times where like half of the stadium was you know, and this was during the group stage, not not the knockout, but were, the group were stage. Were you going on the Vuvuzelas, Ronnie? I said, dude, that was so fucking annoying, dude. Those goddamn Vuvuzelas. So you know, because of that, I mean, and that's why I think that there's you know there's a really good chance that it's going to be uh, it's going to be a joint bid. I mean, I can I can see. Uh, in uh, you know the new Monterrey Stadium, obviously Stadio Azteca, and the Guadalajara Stadium. Who, who gets the you know, final? Three... That's uh, that's you know that 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 that's going to be you know obviously I don't think Canada would get it. It would it would be it would come down to either the Rose Bowl, Washington, or or the Azteca. Wait, wait, John, they're building a new stadium in LA, so I don't I don't know. Yeah, but that's probably going to be field turf. That's where LA Sports Arena used to be. No, no, no. I, it, the football it's stadium. Be, it's going to have a roof on it. That's no, but I, you know what? I had read one of the... Um, that's where the sports arena used to be, Jolie. No, no. I'm talking about the NFL. I'm talking about... Right. That's the, what he's talking about. Same, same place. Like the same LA Sports be, Arena. That's going to be a small stadium for Los Angeles Football Club. I'm oh, yeah, talking yeah, about the Rams. I'm talking about the, the Rams forum. Stadium. Oh, I yeah. think you said football or football. That's my bad. Point, pointy ball, pointy That's ball. That's gonna be an angle. But I, I had That's read like the, I had read um, they they were already keeping that in mind about using it to host the World Cup. 
when they were prophesying right. well, the stadium saying. building for right here in Los Angeles, and they they actually have that in mind. I don't know if this stadium still does, but I I, I know that. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So, just you know, food for thought. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did. And you know, if if the Copa is going to go that way, then it would. It would, it would uh, I think it would. You know, and then that way they don't have to. You know, have to worry about spending thirty billion dollars on stadiums. That way, you know, they can just use the you know the existing structures. You know, as it should be. Personally, I don't think it should. You know, they should have to build some. I'm, I'm with Ronnie. You'd have to do you know build stadiums at all. I mean, I watched the the the, the World Cup in Brazil, and I mean, it could have been in, you know in France or Italy. I mean, those stadiums had no character at all. They had nothing. I mean, they looked like just you know your your average. Remember in the in the in the seventies when when Cincinnati and Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and I forget what else, they all had like when St. Louis had stadiums look exactly like well, yeah. things. Yeah, the three rivers and the. And that's what those stadiums reminded me in 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 Brazil, and it's such a shame because I'm sure that you know, like like the stadiums that they should have played in, like the ones that are already existing, I'm sure have a ton of character and would have been perfect. You know, there there'd been nothing wrong with them. Well, you know, right. they had to have an elevator for Seth Blatter if he if he if he deemed that game you know worthy of me coming to go see it. I mean, with the money that they make, with the money that they make, they really don't need every stadium to be forty thousand. They they don't, you know they they make it in, in other ways and and I think that's just so stupid because you're right they shouldn't be building stadiums just for for three you know for three games or four games you know that 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 are played you know at these World Cup stadiums because uh, anything that were uh, John said uh, I remember John mentioning that's where the money was at though well yeah that's where that's where you uh, that's yeah where but I think that that's starting that that's starting to go yeah yeah but. The- that that's that that's gonna go away. I think that that's uh, you, 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 that that you, you know what John, you know what John you know what John you know that is true you know and and I've and I've mentioned this before real sports but there's a, other uh, documentaries that I've that I've seen on that that that's true in first world countries like Norway and and stuff like that where they're like saying hell no we don't want we don't want to we're not going to host the Winter Olympics anymore because, you know, the IOC was right. demanding, you know, they wanted to have, you know, ridiculous, uh, every, ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Yes. So what the I, what, what organizations like the IOC and FIFA are doing is they're, they're saying, okay, we know we're not going to be able to get away with this in, 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 in countries like, you know, the United States, like Western, you know, Western democracies. Right. So well, they're actually, seeing Russia, Qatar, you know. Exactly. Because they're able, they're... they're Being they're, Honduras. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank God for cough buttons. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If they want to go that direction, then I think Mexico has a bit ahead them because they say, hey, you know, we do need to build, you know, I can think of, you know, Leon needed a new stadium, you know, just, you just go down the list and there, there's plenty of places that could, that could, you know, stand a, a state-of-the-art stadium in Cancun. Puebla has a capacity and they just remodel theirs. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, you know, and, 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 and there, you know, it goes counterclockwise like it's supposed to in the Northern Hemisphere. It's just absolutely stunning. Very weird. Yeah. That's a very all, weird stadium. All, 
although although it looks like a goddamn shower curtain around it, but it's, uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it's bizarre. Yeah, so uh, well, folks, uh, are y'all going to continue? Because I'm going to go ahead and step off. All right, John. So, hope you feel better, man. Huh? All right, John. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Well, uh, thank y'all for listening. I'll, uh, I'm sure that these guys will continue, but I will uh, pick it up with y'all next week. Later, man. Thanks for coming on. Chiquis, Chiquis is now hosting the Desmadre Hour. I want to hear. Anything I want to hear, hear a hot Any, tape from Dan. Dan's been Any, quiet. Anything goes Wednesdays. Um, no, <laughs> Ron, I was telling yeah. you about about David Yallop was um, he yeah. wrote a book and it's called uh, How They Stole the Game. And he, he was he was talking about all the corruption that was going on, and uh, he talked about how how Mexico got the bid for the '86 World Cup, and he says he says that while they were having the meeting that. Uh, that uh, Henry Kissinger was the one uh, presenting, doing the, you know, he was doing a presentation for the U.S., uh, the stadiums and everything, and that the MexXX came and uh, they just met behind closed doors with, uh, uh, dude, what's his name? Um, um, Avalanche? Yeah, Joao Avalanche, and just steal the deal, man. And this guy's still... This guy's still making a case to host to host the World Cup, which they needed for for the because uh, North American Soccer League was was beginning to lose. Uh, they were trying to secure TV contracts. Yeah, I remember that. I read an article about that. It's it's kind of a. It's 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 kind of funny how everything just you know blew over like you know two two months or when was it last year when the whole FIFA thing or FBI thing went down? Yeah, yeah, and all, all over um all because of that that dude um oh Blaze, Blazer Blazer man. <laughs> hey, you were asking me the other day about about the um about who was the agent along with Hurtado. Yeah, and I just remembered, dude, Guillermo Lara. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It, it just popped to my head, dude. I was driving and I was like, Oh, oh, oh. hey, did, did did you watch? Did you watch uh, the uh, the interview that uh, that uh, David Falcon had with uh, Billy Alvarez from Cruz Azul? What? No, and, like no, it was it was a thing like like you know Falcon was basically naming like saying one word, like he'd say something. And like he he would say uh, like you know Club America un rival you know he would say like okay. a rival like like a word association like yeah type of game so when he said uh, <laughs> Carlos Hurtado and then Alvarez thought about it and he says mm, it's an urban legend <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. that's that's what he said that was his answer it's an urban legend. <laughs> Did you uh, did you uh, did you read the uh, did you watch uh, uh, read or watch Martin's uh, video blog about Cruz Azul how the at the rate they're going they could be the next Necaxa uh, Atlante? Yeah, it seems a bit exaggerated. Yeah, I I I, think, I thought that was a little bit exaggerated because you know you know 
the fact that you, that the fact that the, the the word you know Cruz Azul you know means that you screw up royally, but you have to get to the point of like you know you have to get to a final to screw it up, and that in itself is still that in its still in itself is still success. Yeah, because look look at Atlas. Hey, yeah, dude, even Querétaro just won the title over there. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying you still have to put yourself put put yourself in a position to win. And Cruz Azul, believe it or not, has done that. Although the last two years, I understand they haven't made the playoffs. I understand that. But that's what, that's what I was going to say. They're they're <laughs> screwing up in in lower levels nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But take away these two years, take away these two years. It's a team that that has consistently been fighting championships. They've been getting they've been getting they've been getting to semifinals. They've been getting to finals, and they're consistently in there. So I, I think I think what's the name is exaggerating. Uh, Martinez is yeah. exaggerating in that no. sense. No. However. But, he, but no. here, here, here's 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 where I don't agree with Martin because there's a reason why Necaxa and Atlante not only yeah. left Mexico City, not only left Mexico City and lost their fan base. Keep in keep in mind, Necaxa for eight years they didn't exist. They stopped. They didn't exist. You know when the league went professional, so they boom right off the bat they lost they lost uh, they lost uh, their fan base, and then they tried to get cute. They ch- when they when they came back a couple of years later, like in the seventies, they 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 changed their name. They wanted to become more more. Uh, they wanted to improve their color chart and <laughs> more <laughs> European. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they wanted to attract the the, the European uh, the European crowds, and they called themselves Atlético Español. And that, you know that didn't work out. And then you so, know was that when you became a fan of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you know, touching on that, Ronnie, uh, the FMF, because just a few years back, FMF was still very centralized, yeah. and that's when they started to expand. So they used these two teams to test out markets, and and they sent they sent Atlante to Cancun, and they sent Necaxa to San Luis, which is that's kind of messed up. I think these teams would have survived if they played in smaller stadiums. Yeah. Uh, Necaxa had no business playing in Azteca. No, they didn't. But and, and it's funny because people always blame Televisa. The Televisa is the one that screwed these teams up, and that's not true because Televisa, I mean, Necaxa was owned before before uh, before Televisa bought it. They had bought it from somebody else. I mean, like within like a three three year span, four year span, that thing had changed ownerships like twice, if I recall correctly. Atlanta, on the other hand, also changed the ownerships because at the one point they were owned by the Social Social Security Administration. Mexico yeah. Yeah, a lot of these teams were going bankrupt. Yeah, uh, that's that's one of the the things that doesn't get mentioned a lot. And Chivas went bankrupt. It's part of the reason they got bought. Promotora took over, and then and then they got bankrupt again. And that's how Vergara came in and and bought them. Uh, but Atlas yeah. had also lost money. They eventually lost all their money, and now they're owned by Televisa. Um, Monterrey. They were pretty much being used to launder money, so you had all these teams that were. So it's kind of crazy to see how uh, Liga MX is still going strong, yeah. and you had all these big teams just, you know, that Leon, dude. They, you know, Leon went bankrupt and and they got bought. I was just telling, uh, I was telling these guys earlier, they got bought out for like five million. Yeah, they, yeah, you, you know, and, and before before Slim uh, went in. 
um, a group of investors that that, that was uh, being led by Davino's, uh, you know, the older Davino who used to play for Leon. He was trying to buy. Uh, he was trying to buy the club from from the old uh, hotel strip joint owner. What's his name? Sermenya. <laughs> you know, and you know what? But, but going back, going back to what you said earlier about you know Querétaro winning their first uh, title, you know, the first you know trophy that they've ever lifted. I think I think that's. Uh, it's sad. I mean, I'm happy for them, but in a way, it's like it's it's sad that a that a a big city in Mexico with such a long story is is lifting their first first cup. This is a city that at one point had three teams in the first division. At one point, they had they had uh, Los Gallos, they had uh, Atlético Campesino, which if I recall, uh, I think that was Beto's. I think that isn't that the team that you used to follow or your, your family used. <laughs> Atlético Campesinos. Yeah, Campesinos, man. Yeah. <laughs> not, not sure if trolling. That one and the that one and the Indios, the Indios. <laughs> the Campesinos, yeah, man. But that was a, that was good stuff. No, but but see that that's what it's lacking. How you saying? Like even even in Guadalajara, there was way more teams that were active. You know, there was at least like five teams at one point. Yeah. Um. You know, and 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 the FA, which I think it's 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 like the strongest venue, should have more teams. Still, like even even uh, Nesa, which technically is not technically it's not the FA, but it's it's very close. It's close by. It's exactly yeah. Because, it's, because it's, you had you had Atlante, you had Necaxa, you had oh, Atlante, Necaxa, you had uh, America, Cruz Azul, um, Unam. You had Toros Nesa. I mean, yeah. right, right off the bat, that's six. And then you had Toluca, which is about an hour, you know, less than an hour or an hour yeah. away. And, and you know, and, and they never hyped or made rivalries between a lot of these, between these teams, which would have made for really great, you know, great games. And for some reason, it's just, they just didn't concentrate or they didn't know how to work, how yeah. to work those angles. You know, I, I think um, the uh, the owner for Atlante, what's the name, Garces? Garces? He, no, he that was... No, he made, he made a... No, um, Jose Maria, I, I forget his name. Cochonel, I, I forget his name, the owner. Wait, but, the, the current owner? Wasn't it the Burrillo, Burrillo Azcárraga? Well, yeah, yeah, it was him and, and the other guy. Este, he was also the FMF. Uh, oh, he had the T-shirts, the jerseys. Yeah, yeah, Garces. I think Garces. Yeah. He made a comment a couple of years back saying that you know, uh, you know, that one of the one of the reasons that you know teams come and go in 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 Mexico is that everybody you know everybody that comes in thinking that they know how to run a football club because they think you know they run out of business or they or they know about business think that it's the same and he said no. They don't know how to run a football club because it's completely different, and, and 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 for the most part, the fans. One of the reasons why they end up always going back to the big four, <clears throat> of, you know, of Cruz Azul, America, you know, the big four, is because fans usually from the provinces and even in, in and even in, in 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 the major you know metropolitan areas is that they've gone for for many years they've always gone accustomed to their to, to their local teams screwing them over. You know, because they change venues, they change franchises, they change, you know, identities. Names. Yeah. Exactly. 
and and, 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 and technical, I mean, and for the last, you know, since the 1960s, really, the two, the, the four teams that have been the most consistent, America, Chivas, you know, forget titles, consistency that they're that they, they at least put themselves in a position to to to, to win, you know, because you know, right now, the only teams that have not been relegated. Cruz Azul, since since they've gone up to the first division, you know Toluca hasn't been relegated. Uh, Toluca, Cruz Azul, Unam, América, uh, Chivas, Santos hasn't been relegated, uh, but they came in. They came in 1988. Uh, they, they believe it or not, for them, they've actually had you know since since they started, they've had quite a bit of success. You know, Santos. And, and, and you know what? Others that you're mentioning. Uh, Tijuana is is a great example because Tijuana, you know, they they were Inter Tijuana, they were Nacional Tijuana, they were Chivas Tijuana, and uh, it wasn't until they became Cholos Tijuana and just reached out to more to their local community, and and they've been just consistent that that team has managed to to you know yeah. to become a, a staple, you could say in in a. Yeah, in Liga MX, you know, you're right about that. You know, and and I think you know, I mean, to me, I I still question the Ron the Ron family as to how liquid they are and how viable they're going to be in the future. I mean, the jury's still out right now. They're doing a good job, and I think the strategy of going after you know Mexican American players, I think that works to their to their advantage. Uh I I'm still very skeptical, and I think that's just you know me being you know you know that's by nature I guess I am skeptical. Um, but I I just I just think that you really at the end of the day you really can't blame the fan too much as to why they keep going back to the big four is because they've been screwed over so many times by by their local teams that you know it's yeah it's, Veracruz remember Veracruz run when. They had uh, two teams, one playing in second division because yeah. they got relegated. Yeah. And then they, they bought a franchise, and yeah. uh, their fan base was split down, down the middle between the ones that wanted to be faithful to the original team and and the ones yeah. that wanted to keep. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because one, one, one was playing as Veracruz and the other one was playing as Tiburones Rojos. But then when that when Veracruz, the, the the real team, the one that that actually had the history, all right, guys, I'm in the first division. You guys gotta, you guys gotta get out of my room now. <laughs> it was one of those, you know. That that was almost gonna be uh, Guadalajara, dude. Got relegated. Yeah, you would have Chivas. Chivas in the prison. And, and then and then you have cases like you know Union Union de Cortidores where they win the promotion and then like, you know, the fans are all happy. And then next thing you know, the owners are like, Oh shit. You know, cause they know that if they go to the first division, it's a hell of an investment and they're going to lose it. So what do they do? They sell it. What's it? Puebla? Did it become Puebla? Uh, I believe you're right. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. I think they, they did become Puebla. I, so I think they could, so that they could stay in first division. Yeah. That, I mean, I think, you you know that the FMF is to blame. I think they they screwed the pooch there, and and they just kind of killed killed a lot of fan bases by by allowing things like that. And it, it's why like second division 
especially in Mexico, should be stronger than it is. And well, it is, but it, it, and and I've and I've always said, and I've always said that that the press, I'm not, the press, I'm not saying that they should be cheerleaders. They they should not be cheerleaders, and and I don't expect them to be. But it, it for to me, it's I've always thought it was really stupid on their part to belittle the lower divisions. Because I mean, these idiots are trying to compare the lower divisions, like as as like if they're supposed to be the quality of the Champions League, and that's not what the lower divisions are about. I mean, if you think about it, the United States, look at how they market the Little League World Series. We're talking about twelve-year-old kids. I mean, th- think of how they market high school football, you know, or high school basketball. Think of how they market, you know, uh, college football, you know, college, you know, basketball college baseball, college soccer. And it's like, and I'm thinking, have these idiots, are, are, I mean, they could, they could market it. I mean, it, it's to their benefit and to their advantage for them to market this because one, it's more sports for, you know, that could be played, more exposure, but even for the press, it's more work, more jobs for them. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what, Ron? There's a yeah. lot of teams currently that not too long ago, they were all second division rivals. Um, Tijuana, León, Pachuca, Querétaro, all these teams that are doing pretty good right now, they, they were all second division not too long ago. Yeah. And and you, there is some really good teams right now, historic teams in second divisions. Uh, we already mentioned them, Necaxa, Atlante. Necaxa's coming uh, up, yeah. Oh, yeah, Necaxa came up already. Irapuato, you got Irapuato. No, no, yeah, you, you, have la, you have La Piedad, you have Tampico Madero, you have a bunch of these teams. You know that 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 have that you know, and and but when the press, you know they when they refer to when they refer to uh to the set, the lower divisions and more to the point second division like uh uh, uh hell infierno, uh el calvario you know they 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 use those type of words like you know hell or going back to the you know to the uh and they belittle it, and I think the fans capture this or they take that's like ah oh, it's it's going to be a crap crap uh, quality so they don't invest themselves heavily into it and 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 like i i I, tr- I put myself in the position of the fan that okay well and i also try to put myself in the position of the owners of these uh, of these lower divisions is that both of them don't really want to commit because both of them are scared to commit to each other because you know you know one as an owner you'd think is like these guys are going to you know they're gonna they're gonna go support you know uh, Chivas anyhow or and you know the fans is like well I'd rather support Cruz Azul or America or whatever because at least I know that they're gonna be there and I think you know sadly the like I said the the, the press has a little bit to do with that and I think that's wrong and I think that they should change it and I think they should market it you know like right now I'm glad I'm glad that Copa MX is you know have, is, is going on and I'm glad that you know the the, the Second division teams are, are are scrapping it out with the first division teams. Although the, the format needs to change, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was but, telling but, John, but, it's one of but, the reasons I didn't mind uh, Cayos Blancos winning it because, you know, even if the cup's not that much of a big deal, it still helps. It still helps bring you know, especially because you have like little kids, yeah, and they, they get to see the team win the championship, so it, it's more meaningful to them. And and you know, those are gonna be uh, your fans that your next generation fans. They're, they're yeah. too busy watching Real Madrid though, and Barcelona. But, but, you know what? No, no. Wait, wait. Let, let me just answer the 
you might see it on TV, but it's not the same as going to the stadium, dude. It, it's it doesn't compare. Yeah, I guess. And, and with and with these you know new teams building these nicer stadiums and and having a nicer stadium you know experience, I I think that they could uh, somewhat. You're still going to have those plastic fans that are going to go and watch Real Madrid no matter what, but you know. The, like you know, I, I'm looking like every 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 other day. Um, I keep track of what you know Toluca is doing because now you know obviously you guys know that I'm in architecture school, you know, and you know obviously I look at uh, you know designs and stuff like that. I I, I really you know I, I'm liking like what what you know Santos is doing because I think the re I think the re uh, they're they're I think they're they're going to go through their second phase of remodeling. Uh, or upgrading their stadium or their facilities. Hey, in the stadium so, they're playing at right now, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, so, you, so you think facilities are a vital vital aspect of a club nowadays? I, uh, <laughs> I, I think I think the stadium. I think the stadium. I not. Well, yes and no. Yes and no. It's not going to make you or break you, as far as like you know. I mean, let, let, let let's let's face it. I mean. You can, you know, Qatar and those and those, you know, Gulf, you know, those Gulf rich countries. I mean, they can spend millions and billions of dollars. Like, you know, the Chinese companies, they spend, you know, uh, you know, billions of dollars in their in their team. But if you don't have that culture of soccer, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean shit. You know? Yeah. Hey, so uh, switching topics, if you guys want to. Uh... I wanted to ask you guys on what you thought of, or what you guys think of the national team list coming out tomorrow, I believe, if not Friday. And the rumors I hear are that Osorio is calling up every single European. And, uh, and even Salcedo. You know, Beto, to be brutally honest, man, I've, I've lost all faith in Osorio. That is, it's like reading about who he's calling is like to me is irrelevant because I just think that he's going to play them wrong or play them out of position wrong or, you know, I, I, at this point, I don't, you know. There seems I to be an air, there seems to be an air of confidence going on um, that he's going to actually get a good result, that Mexico's going to actually change history and get and beat the Del Sacerdo and actually do something positive. Um, but then talking to you guys, talk, when John was on, it was like, okay, we're, the mentality is still not there. You guys were talking about how, uh, you know, we don't play those tactics, like trying to troll them into, you know, headbutting or doing something that dumb to get a red card. Well, then, you know, we're just going to go in there and lose again. <laughs> Honestly, Beto, if, if, if we if, – if, uh... A Mexican player succumbs to that, or, or, or goes into that, and and starts trolling, and they get caught or whatever. It's just gonna, it, it's just gonna be more bad press. At this, at this point, at this point, Ivamo Sodio is to is is win the game, ta- win the game tactically. You know, you know, win, <clears throat> and, and 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 build from that. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, consider this as a, as okay, boom. My job is, is I'm, I'm safe now, you know, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, whether you beat the, the, the United States or not in the qualifiers, 
that doesn't mean that you know that doesn't mean shit, Ben. There's ten. There's ten games in the in the in the uh, in the qualifiers. One game's not gonna matter. Yeah, Ron. He's yeah. still gonna he's still gonna be judged on how the team plays and you know, how well, it looks. So well, so with it, the whole dos cero, it's been what four straight two zero losses. So we're just bound to to break that you know that routine. And uh, so so if, even if we were to tie or or edge out a win. Uh, they're still gonna be judging him heavily on how how the team looks. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, hey. Well, if he if he wins, I think he's gonna he's gonna stay on for a few more games. There, he's, like you said, there are ten games or whatever, so he could still fail down the road. But if he wins, he's gonna he's gonna stay on. As opposed to him losing, he might be gone. Like we were all predicting, um, before November's over, he'll be gone. But so this uh, is this know, is the first. This is the first match of the hex. You know, it's in it's what is it? The first the first five games, what Mexico plays three on the road, right? You you know this is it's just I'm thinking about it now, and it's like he's bringing the players that that um they crashed and burned against Chile, and uh, the the he had the two friendlies. And those would have been his teams to, uh, if he's going to play those, then he should have called them up for the friendlies to, uh, he could have worked on, worked on stuff that he felt, that he felt, that he felt the team could improve on. You know, so what what was the point of bringing up all these other guys? I would have, that's why I was saying in the other podcast, I would just stay with the guys he already practiced with. And these guys are the same guys that failed, and that's why I was saying, like on Twitter, I posted, like, don't even start Hector Moreno. I don't like that guy for some reason. Because um, during the Chile game, is it his fashion? His fashion. Well, that's a part, but yeah, that's another thing. But you don't like his Instagram, Beto. His Instagram gets on my nerves. Not enough shirtless. His, his, cap, his Capri jeans and stuff. But anyway, his defense was horrible, and in, in, uh, against Chile. And like you said, he didn't get this friendly to get some, you know, gets back into some rhythm with the team and everything. And, he, and I could see the U.S. just owning him again. You know, thinking about it, they haven't met, you know. They haven't met. It'd be like, it, it might be like an awkward, awkward seeing each other again, you know. It, it's like if, if you slept with the, with the Gordiwapa, dude, and then you have to see her in class the next day and, and you don't want to. Yeah, these guys need to be held accountable for that 7-0. I think uh, Salcedo and Montes should be in the defense and dump all these other players. And then if Pulisic is on the right side, then their left back needs to be uh, ready to go. And with, whether that's uh, uh, Layun or whoever, because that dude's got some speed. Yeah, because you, you haven't seen this group in months, and uh, you haven't gotten together and – you know, they're, they're probably – they don't want to be in another situation like that. So how much are they going to trust, you know, his tactics? Which is one of the one of the things I pointed out in, in one of the older podcasts about uh, something Menotti said about when you're coaching a team. 
and he said one of the one of the things that you have to do is get the players to believe in your in your idea so that when things go bad they're gonna fight for it and so i i felt he had he hasn't won them over and then he lost them and nothing has happened for him to try to win them back and and then to have the big game as the next test it it just seems like a recipe for disaster which is which to me i would have just stayed with just get a new group man you know you could you could eventually bring them back in but at least at least go with these players that are more hungry and they're going to go more all out because you know the spotlight's on them now yeah yeah i agree but even in the last friendly like the defense that they had set up I think there were the two Chivas players and Gallardo. That wasn't those were new guys and they were screwing up as well under under Osorio's system. Yeah, Osorio to me, the defense under Osorio, when we play against like the stronger teams, it's looked bad. And I didn't at first because we we had a really easy group, and then we had some Moleto games against like under twenty three sides, so we really couldn't see it, you know. <laughs> But then once once we started playing the, the you know the, the the better squads that that's when we started noticing all these mistakes and all these flaws. And against the counterattack of the U.S., that that's that's going to be interesting. How they like if they start pushing up and trying to play offensive, and they, and they get. Counterattacked by the U.S. by like when you know someone speeds down, are they going to be set? And there are the center backs going to be set defensively, or are they going to be all lost and like they were against Chile? So that should be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it will be interesting to see how how just how the team reacts after so long and and just you know. And especially in a venue like Columbus, you know, it would have been something else if, if they opened the hex at home. But it's going to a place where these guys have been before, where where they've lost. Yeah, the mental midgets will come out in Columbus. <laughs> They'll lose two zero. And you know, this happens a lot too, where players will. Th- will throw the coach under the bus, you know. They'll they'll um they'll lose on purpose just to get him sacked. And and they know it's a possibility and, and they could just throw the game. And, and it does happen. we see it a lot of times where you know once the coach leaves the next game the team just looks completely different and and, and it's usually not because the new coach it's just the players, you know. You should be able to tell that stuff too. Like if you're in the locker room, you you can look in the eyes of the players and tell. And you know what? There was uh, there was some talk earlier about uh, Jaguares because you know they're doing really bad, and uh, so some of the talk was that some of the players, well, some of the players were separated, and some of the players have begun talking. And they were saying how certain players were faking injuries just to not play. Well, they weren't getting paid, were they? 
<laughs> for different reasons too. Uh, one of the thing was that uh, I don't know if you remember with Jaguares, they uh, they had sacked Cardoso, and then uh, they had already announced Sergio Bueno, and then they then you had a lot of players that went they went to the uh, you know to the club owner and they're you know they vouch for for Cardoso and they ended up you know signing him back in. So eventually Cardoso got sacked, and then when Bueno came in, supposedly there was already like a rift between the players that, you know, he kind of felt like betrayed because he's just coming in and they're already, they're kind of saying, we don't want this guy. <laughs> Which I think the club messed up right there announcing him right away, you know. Like everyone messed up, also the players. Like if they already announced him, it, it just created bad Bad, uh, bad juju. <laughs> well, the, the players have been trying to, trying to sabotage Osorio from a long time ago. Like, he was putting in, uh, Sandy's name. Oh, I forget his name, defensive guy. He would always screw up. And Osorio in the press conference would always say, oh, the tactics and the system didn't fail us, but we had an individual mistake. An individual mistake. <laughs> he would always say an individual mistake was what led to that. <clears throat> Near goal by uh, Yasek Cordon. Yasek. That was the guy. Um, and that was always his excuse. So if, you know, if something happens again, the players have a <laughs> And I could just see Guardado, like, giving a half effort or, or something like that. And Herrera not playing well like he hasn't lately, things like that. But Osorio will come back in the press conference. Well, the players made an individual mistake, the system is still functioning, and we can continue against Panama and all this stuff. I don't know, Chiquis, that's a bold statement to say the players will have been, have been. I could see it happening against Columbus just because they're not happy with the way he works and with the whole rotacion system. So I, I could see them throwing the game, you know, just to get rid of this guy. But... I don't know if you say it's been happening. I, I don't. Yeah, I was just I was just saying that individual mm-hmm. individual players, and that goes more towards Osorio calling up like trash players. It's mostly been for friendlies, but calling up these players, and every time something bad ha- happens with the national team, he'll he'll put it on the players and not on the system until the seven zero. Then he actually said, "Oh, I need a plan B." <laughs> oh, oh, we need uh, we need to know how to better handle this, like two goals or three goals and stuff. It's... Then he got humbled. Yeah, humble pie. So that 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 game will be interesting in many in many fronts, just to see what because it's gonna be Osorio's uh, you know first big test after that defeat. So people want to see how the team reacts. Uh, and also, he pretty much already said he's he's not gonna change from the way he's been managing. So, you know, that's also that's also gonna it's up in the air. Is, is it gonna work for him, or is it gonna is he gonna crash again? So yeah, this this game is 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 a good thing. It's it's the first game, you know. Yeah. Because then that way, if he is doing bad, they could just get rid of him. I suppose if we would have had, like, an easy draw, like, we could have started with two home games against two of the weaker teams. 
and and we're just looking we're just kind of scraping by and and then we we end up doing what we always do attacking the coach midway or or almost with the hexagonal about to end yeah and hopefully i don't know it's getting it's getting close but uh my plans were to be there but we'll see <laughs> oh they, they still haven't <laughs> 10 days yeah, it'd be, it'd be awesome to be in Columbus if a two zero happens again, and I'll just be sitting back laughing at all the members of the press stress out and some craziness going on. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think it'll be two zero, man. I, two one maybe, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's Dosa Cero again, man. Five times in a row, <laughs> that's the quinto partido of Dosa Ceros. I don't know. Some mystical, some mystical stuff might be going on, man. You never know. You, you see Cruz Azul, they're going, they're going downhill. Just some mystical stuff happens in Estadio Azul. Some mystical stuff you, happens in Columbus. You know what? You know what happened with with Cruz Azul though was that um was that they changed, they made some changes, and and they were kind of off when they made them because uh they brought in Yayo de la Torre as GM. So when you bring a GM, you basically he's going to be in charge of building the team. You're, you're, that's that's you know general manager. So he's going to bring in the coach and help the coach bring players and and you know so on and so forth. But when they hired him, they had already hired um, Thomas Boy. They, usually you start from scratch, you know, and and they had already brought like in all these other players. So. The only thing left for him to do was to, was to uh, you know, to support, to back up Thomas Boy, which he did a pretty good job, and the team was doing pretty good up until he exploded, you know, getting in fights with, with the press and with fans. But team was was almost making a comeback. There. <laughs> so that's entertainment, though. Man. So <laughs> that's that's. I like that stuff, like that Thomas Boy. Even though he, you know, he got fired and he was losing all those games, he was entertaining. I loved his antics and stuff, and that's what I—that's <laughs> what I like about like all the sports. And, and I was—I was looking on Twitter about the World Series, and everybody was like all worried and biting their nails, and they're like, "I can't take this pressure. I can't take this intensity anymore," and all this stuff. I'm like, what, "What are you talking about, man? Just sit back with some popcorn and enjoy like this game, or enjoy the Cubs lose and be an epic fail again, and or enjoy Chivas lose or." Pulido miss a, a penalty kick and get it that win or whatever. And uh, people get so emotional and stuff over these things. Yeah, dude. Nah, man. I I, I think Grusu could, could get their stuff straight. It's just some internal fighting. But, you know, if, if they let the GM work, you know, and, and they, they bring in a the coach, they, you know, they bring in the right coach, which is this is one of the interesting things is that uh, Caixinha is one of the coach. Caixinha and uh, Matosas are two candidates, but but Monterrey might also be needing a coach. And and you know it's funny how it flipped because you know a few years back Cruz Azul was one of the no-brainers. You know you would prefer it. Now Rayados is 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 the more is the better candidate. You know. They let you work better and, and you have more money on transfer fees. 
So the so the so the whole Monterrey crash in my custom they're they're technical. Yeah. There's yeah. there's talk about some Spanish coach, but I'm like, dude, why do you want to bring some? You know, it, it's too much of a risk. Just just go with someone that knows the league, and that has won already, has won titles. In in the league, that knows the opponents, knows the venues. Why why are you bringing in a total unknown? Yeah, if you're gonna bring in a Spanish coach, you need to bring in a Spanish coach for like a like a big name team like America, like Club America. <laughs> Ronnie Ronnie would like that especially. <laughs> Ron, are, are you there? Ron, Ron is absent, but Pern dog is. I wonder as Ron if he saw La Volpe, uh, you know, La Volpe said if he didn't win in the silverware that he was leaving the club. And just the league is up for grabs. That's the only thing. I, I don't, you know, I, I can't see them winning the club's World Cup. Oh, yeah. You don't think they can win the club World Cup? In America? No, no. no. Hey. No. To be the what? Who they have to be? Real Madrid. Oh man, you sound defeatist. Are you defeatist, uh, Pern? Uh, your your uh, Almeida just lost, and he was crying, walking off the field. Hey man, that guy has passion. He wants to win, and he's taking that winning winning mentality to Chivas. But you know, obviously, it's gonna be some stumbling blocks. Well, he gave up the Copa MX, man. He didn't want the Campionissimo because he he put in his B team two days, two games in a row. Hey, that that this is crying. That that goes a bit more to what we were talking about earlier, Chickies. You know, about how like sometimes the players they're not as passionate when when they're like playing in the final. They don't take it as personal. It's like uh, it's just another game. Yeah, that's mental imagery, man. You can't. Like, I, I wouldn't cry. I don't know about crying. Like, I wouldn't cry. But I'd be, like, upset throwing my shoes or whatever across the hall. And you throw your shoes across the hall? <laughs> yeah, or your, your cleats, you know? You throw, <laughs> so you I throw my, with it? I throw, my cleat, I throw my cleats in the stand if I lost this final, like, if I was Chivas. And if I was Vergara, I would go to my car and go home. And I'd punch the wall or something. But I wouldn't go out there and accept <laughs> some <laughs> second place. Pergara and Nigera look happy to get that. He, he was that going over there. <laughs> you know, what is that junk, man? I'd be embarrassed to go over there and get some second place medal. Those guys were smiling. They were like. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous, man. That's embarrassing. They're going to wear it for a month. <laughs> Much like, a, like a, an owner. An owner coming off of his, like, palco up there in the stands, going down to the stadium for that. If I was a player, I'd be wanting to get out of there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Accept that stuff. Maybe out of respect, okay, yeah. Watch the other team win and stuff. But, man, if I lose the final, I'm out of there as quick as I can get. <laughs> I don't want no second-place trophy either. I'll just throw that stuff in the garbage. Come on, man. Don't be, so, don't be so bitter. You lose some, you win some. I know. You lose some, you win some. But what is the saying? There's no, uh, if you're in second place, you're in, I forget it. <laughs> well, if you're not first, you're last. 
Yeah, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> well, you know, they, you got to give it to Chivas. You know, they were they were in it, you know, but what matters is the silverware. And, you know, it, all you got to do is put in contrast his predecessor, you know, what is this, like 11 games where he only got like nine points out of 11 games is Chepo de la Torre. You know, you can see the contrast between what failure looks like and Gamerito looks like, you know, the, the path of Campinissimo just got postponed. You know, Campinissimo, Copa MX. It happens. Well, he has the league. He has the league. That's where he has to prove himself, not not this cup. It's, it's as it was pointed out earlier, a lot of the top teams don't participate in Copa MX, and some of the other top teams don't take it serious. So... You think that's going to change now that Libertadores is not in play anymore? Yeah, I was, I was, I was hoping it does, but who knows with Liga IMX? Because you know, there's also they could also start taking the Concacaf Cup more serious. You know, at least for the fans, I think the fans play a big role in this because if the fans don't make a big deal about it, then you know the club's not going to care and the media's not going to care, and it's like no one cares. But if the fans are more demanding, especially with like what happened in Monterrey, where it's like they get eliminated and it's like whatever, you know, and it don't matter because we got we got this Liga, the league title or whatever. So with that attitude, not really, but I, I think so. There was the one good thing about you know, Quetaro fans were very passionate about it, and I, I you know I was happy to see that because you know that stuff like that improves the football. When you have, you know, fans more supportive of their teams and teams playing to win stuff as as opposed to just showing up. So uh, I think, yeah, I think as the fans, they just have to be more more on it. Well, it's going to be a hard task for Chivas to win league and for America. For anyone to win league, it's going to be a hard task. Well, America's so in, get... I, mean, I mean, Chivas is in fourth, so they're, they're obviously they're seen as candidates and, and given their squad. That, yeah, it is difficult, but at the same time, it should be expected of them and by the fans. And and with Chiva fans, they'll be happy as long as they qualify to the Liga, which is like, that's, that's not the right attitude, man. That's, that's mental midgetry right there, man. <laughs> you, feel, you feel sad that Chivas lost today? No, I don't really, because it's, it's like a cup, you know. Nice to win it, but it's like... It's not that prestigious just because of how it's treated. And, and I, I said it. I said it just earlier. Some of the better teams don't participate, and some of the other teams don't take it as serious. So it's like it's good to win because it's better to have a cup than to not have a cup. But at the same time, it's not like it doesn't compare to like a Libertadores or a league title. So it's like eh. Libertadores doesn't matter anymore. Remember that. Granted. Yeah, it does, man. No, It'll always not. matter. No. Being South Americans always matters. But, like, the league, the league's going to be so hard because everyone's got pressure. La Volpe said he's going to bring a cup. You, so he's got tons of pressure. That's got true. Pressure. No, but, but going to answer Perns, Libertadores matters because it's, it's still it's the premier cup competition in the Americas. So until CONCACAF Cup becomes surpasses it, it's it's gonna continue to matter. 
and and we're far off from from even challenging them for that. Just we're so many years away from it. I don't know, man. A trash team like Tigres made it all the way to the final. I don't see how prestigious it is. Not the best Tigres, team go, but the best team doesn't go to that to that um to that tournament. Let's be real here. So, oh wait, 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 wait. Because like one of, one of the top one of the top like uh you know one of the best runs for America was when they were in the they were in the descenso. So not the descenso, you know what I mean? So they're not our best teams uh go there too. Copa Libertadores. Man, Tigres just eliminated Monterrey, dude. Your team. Oh! <laughs> and also, Monterrey, if you want to talk about uh, Monterrey still like has prestigious. No, no I think like, I think they're out. They're out, tied. dude. I know, they're, they're, they're out with a tie. They had to win that game. Uh, you need to check your math, bro. Dude, you need to, you need to check it, man. <laughs> no, I think they, they're dependent on other results, so all the oh, other no. teams have to lose. They, they, they yeah, still so have the capability of getting six points. And it's not going to happen. The, the difference is not the, the difference is not above six points. So no, but if you if you if you want to compare Libertadores, Tigres the, making it to the, math, the final. Well, well, we'll see. Man. We'll see. But but back to the point of no, uh, but Tigres was a trash because they Tigres also won. It's like three points difference, man. Two hey, wins, Tigres won Liga MX. So if Tigres is trash and they're winning Liga MX. Or one of the more dominant Liga MX teams, then that makes Liga MX trash. We're by your logic, the time, the time that oh. we're in the final. Same thing, dude. But by his, by his same, logic, same thing. By, by his logic, also Monterrey won CCL, so MLS is, you know, by Pern's logic, the top team in the Americas, right? What? <laughs> <laughs> because Monterrey had okay, to be. Okay, your math is wrong and your logic is faulty. Right? Mon- what the Mon- is going Mon- on, dude? Monterrey won a tournament. Right? Mon- Did you no, get dude, some listen, California tacos? Listen, dude, Monterrey <laughs> won a tournament in which MLS teams play in. Tigres okay. almost won a tournament in which South American teams play in. So by your logic, you're saying Monterrey is more prestigious playing MLS teams than Tigres <laughs> playing South American teams. Hey, you know what? I think you're you're running low on like some Houston food or Houston. That makes sense, man. That makes perfect sense. You're making some illogical stuff. That makes perfect you know? sense. We're you we're using your logic <laughs> to come up with these things, dude. It's, it's permanent logic. <laughs> I'm sorry, man, but that you guys are far off the mark. <laughs> no, you you know what? I I think with I I think um I think Liga makes they they concentrate too much on the whole Ligia system, and I think that hurts us. It, it no, hurts, man. That's what makes it great. Make no, it get great again, man. So, but but this is this is you can't say like Liguilla great again because it's not like we had it before and then got rid of it. We this is Liguilla and and it's been hurting us in the sense that that we see we see it as like a team could finish in eighth place and they qualify and we could see it as that was a good season. You know. No, it's you, not. You, you they got no, no, but in but in general, if if you qualified, it's seen as like you had a good season and you finish in eighth or seventh or even sixth, and, and it's seen as having a, a pretty good it, season because it's got better than the other half. That's all the difference is. No, but see, this is the thing: it's short tournaments with Liguilla, so it's it's just it is it's created this pretty bad this this whole culture where it's like complacent. 
where it's like, okay, well, we have, you don't have to wait till next year. You just wait till a few months and then you, you play in the tournament again. And, and it's, it's just, it takes away from, from having stronger teams or, or, or that's why like, like, and I, I talked about this a while back. How come you have teams from Paraguay, Peru, Ecuador that won, that could win Libertadores, but Mexican teams can't? And it's one of the uh, reasons that is that. Real easy. Because no. they changed the rules of the tournament. Oh, man, tournament, this is what happened. They, they, we don't have, get a fair shake, dude. Yeah, but, so, okay, so, but let's put, just be honest put, here. put that to the side, though, man. No, wait, one of the biggest robberies of all time was is how no Mexican team can have the the last game in the final. I know that is that, that is that that's that's. No, but you that, know what? You know what that is. You that, know what? In all the, the finals that we played, that guy's being afraid. You know what well, I mean? I mean, the, I know. the South Americans are afraid of getting raped in Mexico. Okay, so, we weren't we weren't able to win though. When we did because play at in the first because game, they, they have those rules in place where no, no, the, even if the was rule was to have, you have to win at home. Have the final play, the last, you know, because they were higher seated. I know, but we didn't win a single and, game. All three of them ended up in draws. Yes, all I know. Three, all three but games it ended been up a lot in draws. If they, if they would have, you know, I think not they have those rules. And, I'm just saying. You, no, but but let me tell you, like those rules don't apply to the. South American teams. Well, okay, point point taken. But going to to what I'm saying is, these smaller clubs from like Ecuador, Peru, with with smaller budget, you know, they have the whole long season, so they'll keep the same team for playing together for longer stretch, and ultimately that that's what makes them better. Or like in Liga MX, okay, any teams, dude, hold him. He finishes the. You're you taking too long, dude. My ADD is kicking in. I'm sorry, buddy. Okay, we'll get back to you. Well, then I, I, no, I, man, I, I got to go already. I, I got to go, go already. So <laughs> No, because I, I go to work and I go to midnight. But my point is you got to make yet. teams that change. They'll, no, I go in at midnight. I have to leave and drive there. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. They'll change teams every six months. So you have a team that they're playing with. They didn't do that good. And then... They're starting the next Liguilla, they'll bring in six, seven new players. So it, it, you know, it's, it becomes disruptive and, and some of these teams end up not. So sometimes like that team that qualified to Libertadores, by the time they go play, it's not even the same team anymore. It, it could be a whole different other team. So th- that's one of the things that's hurt us. And on that note, los dejo chavos. <laughs> what a way to do a drive by. All right. We're going to end the show then. Thanks for coming on late, current dog. Not a problem. I just wanted to mention to, um, you know, to he, in case he wants to, you know, come back later on and, and read his, uh, listen to his ownage getting old. You know, that one of the, you know, Mexico, the Mexican league, you know, they grab master of talent from South America. They buy some of the best players and bring them over. You know, the little amount with money. For example, a team that Ecuador that won the Copa Libertadores on Caldas back in 2004. Do you remember some of those players? I don't know. You probably don't remember. I remember one that stood out with me was uh, Guerron was one. He ended up going to Spain right after that, uh, you know, Libertadores win. So that's point. point what I'm making is like, you know, that's, that's just going to happen. You know, you're going to have uh, – 
good players coming up the ranks in Libertadores and and instead of Mexico buying the players, you know, they're probably going in Europe. That's that's Libertadores is a good tournament and any team can win it there because the rules are even for the South American teams. And they're not the same for us. That's it. That's an excuse, though. That's mental mandatory, man. Mexico should go in there, dominate, even if the rules are stacked against them. It's true. I do agree with that. And, it's, and it's harder. And by your by your statement, it's harder. So for Tigres to make it, it was harder for them. Whereas yeah. CONCACAF champions were, were Monterrey, of course, were crowned the title. Three times they, in a row. They had it in their favor, maybe. They had it in their favor. It's a weaker tournament. Of course they can do it. If Monterrey were to go to Libertadores, they might have failed in the first round or something. You know? Well, Tigres <laughs> has been in a CONCA champions, and you know we already know what happened to them. Can't do anything there. So. <laughs> Roger that. All right, man. Well, thanks, everyone who's listening. I think we still have one listener. Oh, it's right. Kevin. So shout out to Kevin, and we'll see you guys next week after the – oh, no, right before the U.S. game. Later. All right. You guys have a good evening.